Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
sorts of accolades and humanitarian acts of kindness that define his personality and it's a spiritual growth in the world. He will give you what thus saith the Lord. He has an ear to hear what the Lord is saying to the church, and he is a force to be reckoned with. If you want a greater understanding of God's amazing word, then listen to Dr. Moore as he teaches the amazing word of God. And the acronym for Holy Bible means he only left you basic instructions before leaving the earth. What that means is that God has a divine purpose and prophetic destiny for your life. And if you allow him to come in when he's knocking on the door, you will know what the journey is about. God is in the blessing business, and he helps you to understand what the necessities are for your life. Ladies and gentlemen, Radio Line listeners, I present to you this great man of God who understands all and lives his life according to God's holy word. He really is the man of the hour and the founder and overseer and bishop of the Great to All Nations Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ Incorporated. Tonight, he will be teaching you and giving you God's unadulterated gospel. Get out your Bibles and just listen in and feast on God's unmerited holy word. Because when you feast, God said, you'll never be hungry anymore when you listen and read his word and you follow and abide by his law. And he neither shall you thirst. That means you will have an eternal, eternal feeding and an eternal quench of your thirst. That means you'll never be spiritually hungry. You'll never be spiritually thirsty. If you read the word of God, get an understanding and follow direct protocol for God's word. God has a plan for your life. And if you don't think so, then all you got to do is ask somebody that's saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. Ask somebody that has been baptized and renewed and restored their life again within God and ask them, what does God have them doing? I guarantee you they'll tell you that before they became saved and dealing with God and only God, that their life was one way, turmoil, destruction, deceit, and everything. But once they came to the knowledge of now and decided to follow God and follow in his path for their life, everything made sense. Their life did a 360 turn. And because of God and his unmerited favor, we hear it. At Blessings by Grace Radio, we have an opportunity to share his love and his agape love and his admiration with you. And we're passionate about God, and we love God because he's our Lord and Savior, and we give him all the praise and all the glory because what he has done. And if he does nothing else for you except for wake you up tomorrow morning like he woke you up today with the usage of your limbs and you in your right mind, he's done absolutely enough. Because God does exactly what he needs to for us as he sees fit, and he never gives us more than we can bear. Ladies and gentlemen, the man of the hour, my bishop, my pastor, I'm lucky enough to call him my grandpa, the honorable, amazing, incomparable Dr. Bishop Alphamore. God bless. Amen, everybody. Thank you tonight, granddaughter. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. We are so blessed, amen, is to have a beautiful young lady, amen, that has dedicated her life to the Lord, praise the Lord, bringing me on, praise the Lord, to bring the word of God to you tonight, food for your soul, food for a thought tonight. If we listen to the word of God, amen, it can help us to go on, praise the Lord, another day, another week, possibly another year. We're going to, amen, get right into the word of God, amen, where we left off on last Thursday. And I'm going to read the scriptures to you to refresh your remembrance, praise the Lord. 
Last Thursday, man, we came from St. Matthews, chapter 28 and 19, St. Luke 14, 26 through 33, and St. John 15 and 8. Matthews, the 28th chapter, and verse 19 says, very familiar scripture to all believers. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them, I in, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Luke chapter 14 26 says, If any man will come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intended to build a tower and sit us not down first and count us the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it? Let's happen after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it. All that beholdeth it, they began to mark him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish it. But what king goes to make war against another king? Sit is not down first and consult whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends an ambassador and desire continues in peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsake not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. John 15 and 8 says, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, and so shall you be my disciple. We're going to try to finish up tonight on this amen. You are my disciples. You are my disciples. That is, if you love one another. St. John 13 and 5, 35 says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one to another. When we come to Jesus, he makes a great change in our life. By this, all men should know that you are my disciples if you have love one toward another.
Jesus is not a selfish God. He died for the entire world that we all may have a right to the tree of life. And no matter what ethnic group that there is, if you belong to Jesus, you are in Jesus, you are my brother and you are my sisters. In the words of the teaching of Matthew 28 and 19 come from a root word means discipline. When you come to be a disciple in Jesus Christ, you got to learn to be disciplined by the word of God and by those that have authority over you. Literally, to make disciples. Sadly, there are more people who merely believe the plan of salvation than people who will become disciples. Yes, that's very true. Because people don't want to be disciplined. They don't want to be told how to live their life. This is due possibly to the present day emphasizing on making believers rather than making true disciples. In our Christian experience, it is vital that we develop and grow into being a disciple indeed of Jesus Christ. If we're going to follow Jesus tonight, we must be true disciples, not just disciples, but true disciples that will come on the subject of his word and his will. We must obey the one that has sent us. One of the most thrilling things that Jesus brought up to some, he said, loving Christ more than loving your relatives. As we study this, amen, in Luke chapter 14 and 26, it states, if any man will come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brother and sister, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. If you, amen, the Lord is just telling us tonight that if we're going to come to him, he must be first priority in our lives. Nobody should be greater in our lives than the Lord himself. And if, if you see, if you cannot, in other words, uh, 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 put your mother, your father, your brothers or sisters less than you, can put me, you can't be my disciple. Jesus asked the believers to consider the cause of discipleship. And one of the causes involved loving God more than your immediate family. And sometimes we don't want to do that. We 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 want to amen always esteem somebody else a little higher than we do our Lord Jesus Christ. But if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, if you're going to obey the word of the Lord tonight, 
you're going to have to put him first in your life. The word hate used in this verse is not to be interpreted in the modern sense of being hateful or angry. The verse means we are to give God first place in our lives and esteem him more highly than family members who we cherish. Do you give, amen, Jesus Christ, amen, the reverence that is due to him? Is he the first priority in your life? Or is your family? The Lord definitely wants us to love family, but he wants us to put him first. Our relationship with him and with our family will be out of balance. If we don't put the Lord first, our relationship, we must have a relationship with the Lord. Now, there are many people who love the Lord, but they don't have a relationship with the Lord. We must be intimately with the Lord. We should love Christ more than relatives. That is a strong statement, amen, but this is the way that the Lord operates. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. People, people often claim they cannot live for God because of the interference of the opposing from family members. This is not a vital excuse. It is important to understand we cannot allow a boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife, child of any extra family, to stand in the way of our relationship with God. Family members is good. Mother and father is good. Amen. And boyfriend and girlfriend may be good, but you must put Jesus first. First seek ye the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Ye are my disciples, if you have loved one for another. Loving Christ more than self. Neither has there been a time in history when mankind has been more self-centered than today. In today's society that we're living in, we are very self-centered. We want to love ourselves. We want to be the prioritized of everything in life. But if you don't put Jesus first, if you don't put Jesus first in your life, Jesus is not going to be secondary in nobody's life. This generation liked the measure of compassion that Christ desired to form in his church. Many, we don't have the compassion, amen, because we being self-centered, we love ourselves, amen, more than we do Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us we got to deny ourselves. We got to put ourselves under subjection. He just must be first. Paul wrote 
by love serving one another. Galatians 5 and 13, by love we serve one another. I am your servant and you are my servant by love. We're living in a materialistic world today, consists of the rising to the forefront of modern-day living. Too often we question all things and pleasure has replaced it old-time religion and faithfulness in the house of God. People spend millions of dollars each year on favorite things like cosmetic surgery, the last fashion of this world, exalted vacation, and so on and so on. But do you have a relationship with your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Are you putting the Lord first? We sometimes go on vacation and we spend money lavish because we're going to enjoy ourselves. But when it comes down to supporting God's house, we don't want to give nothing. When it comes down, amen, that amen is to support and charity, we don't want to give anything. We're very selfish. The scripture is very clear about where our alignment should lie. It is imperative that we love God more than ourselves and the things of this present world. We got to love the Lord more than ourselves. It, it, amen. It is a destiny. We must love Jesus more than we love ourselves. God so loved the world, he forgot about himself, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God, amen, thought about us when nobody else would think about us. He died for us. When nobody else would die for us, he thought about us. Teaching us that denying ungodly and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, Titus 2 and 12. There were demons, dynamis. He had forsaken me. He had loved this present world. This young man was walking with Paul on the mission field. And amen, when you're on the mission field, uh, you got to have a concentrated mind up on Jesus. You got to be prayerful. You can't bring carnality with you. Somewhere down the line, Paul and Demas was going on a mission field, and Demas got carnal-minded. A carnal-minded man can't please God, and he's unstable in all of his ways. What do carnal-minded mean? You're thinking of other things more than you're really thinking of the Lord himself. And it's eating in your conscience just as the world was to did him as amen. He was thinking about, amen, what was in the world, amen, something that was in the world was more valuable to him than continue to be on the mission, amen, with Paul. And he left Paul. He left Paul. And he departed unto Thessalonica. 
Serving God is more important than loving ourselves. The closer to us of a temporary thing, how tragedy if at the end of life a person facing the consequence of falling, failing to love God as he should have. Don't, 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 amen, let that thought even be in your mind. Don't fail to love God more than you know you're supposed to. Don't put anything else before the Lord Jesus more than you know you're supposed to. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. We're living in a temporary world, and it's not going to last always. Put Jesus first in your life. At that point, he may be too late to change. Amen. When you get ready to consider sometime, Lord, I done did wrong. It may be too late for you to change. It may be too late for you to repent. Bearing the cross. Whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. St. Luke 14 and 27. If you're coming after Jesus, you got to pick up your cross. There is a cross for every one of us, and we must bear our own cross. There is not one person, amen, is to show love. Everybody cross. Every one of us have a cross, and we must bear your own cross. If you don't bear your cross, there will be no crown for you. The cross was, it was a familiar sight to the Jews. Execution by crucifixion were common and often the public witnessed them. However, in Luke, the 14th chapter, verse 27, the Lord refers not to a cross of execution, but to our own personal cross of discipleship. We got our cross of the discipline and being a disciple of the Lord. We got a cross to bear. Every born-again believer got a cross to bear. You can't bear mine, and I can't bear yours. We must each bear our own cross. Every disciple cross contains self-denial. I got to deny myself. Self is one of our biggest enemies that there is. Self, amen, don't want to submit itself to the will of the Lord. Self, amen, want to always rule your spirit. Self want to tell you when and not to pray and how long to pray. Self want to tell you, amen, when to read and when not to read. You got to crucify that type of spirit. But Jesus does not reveal to us what additional sacrifices he will add to our personal cross. We know only that he has finished one for us if we choose to shoulder it. He prepared this cross for an exclusive and if we would be a true disciple, 
it is our responsibility to bury it. No matter, amen, what you're going through. And now, the Lord will not put no more up on us than what we are able to bear. Following the Lord, carrying a cross, amen, to the place of one's death was a humiliation experience. The community besides the person known where he was going and possibly knowing the reason he was facing execution. It is similar today. When we carry our cross as we serve the Lord, Jesus did not promise us that bearing our cross and following him would be easy. Sometimes we as Christians, we come to Jesus, we're trying to escape the trouble of this world. But the Lord did not tell us, any of us, amen, that the cross that we're going to carry, even in him, was going to be easy. It's a cross. A cross, amen, refers to a load, something heavy. Other we suffer the clothes of our family, friends, and community as we carry our cross. We cannot allow the narrow eyes of the turning world words to be hindered, hinder us of causing us to fail in following our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Each step we take brings us one step closer to our final reward. That's what we're living for. We're living for a reward. We're living for eternal life. Now, whether it's 25, 30, 40, or 75, 80 years, amen, what, amen, that little time does not compare to eternity. For even here too were ye called because Christ also suffered for us. Now, amen, Jesus suffered for us, who knew no sin, no God was found in his mouth. But he suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should, amen, follow his step, follow the steps of Jesus. First Peter 2 and 21. Amen, Jesus was our example. We are to follow Jesus Christ. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Beloved, follow, follow not that which is evil. Don't follow that which is evil, but that which is good. He that does good is of God, but he that does evil has not seen God. If you done evil, you can say, I, 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 amen, you, you know the Lord. But if you done evil, you have not seen God. Third John 11, chapter 1 and 11. Today, many churches display a cross, stained glass windows, often depicted a cross, damaged from the rear view, dingling from the rear view, are there a mirror and many people wear a cross on their clothes in our present world? 
there appears to be little sanctity attached to these symbols. However, as we enter into the last day, there are movements that demand the removal from public view of the symbols of the cross because they claim often people of non-Christianity faith, the reality is the state of the cross convict people of their wrong ways. People, they, man, it hasn't it, got to the point they don't. Even the cross is just a symbol. The cross itself can't save you. The one on the cross is the one that can save you. It was a symbol. But people don't even want you to wear that anymore because they don't want to be condemned, amen, by reminding the cross remind them of their deeds, their evil deeds. So they want to ostracize it. They want to get rid of it. But we should not never apologize for carrying our cross. Whatsoever it is, the cross keeping us humble and bring us closer and closer to the master as we continue to follow him. If God does not hold fast a place in our heart, then our relationship with him and with our family will be out of balance. Don't amen. Don't 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 let your life be out of balance. And I believe I said last week, I mean, if you go, if God be God, serve him. But if then the devil be God, serve him. That was the question, amen, that Israel had to figure out. If God is God, we're going to serve God. But if, if Baal be God, then we're going to serve Baal. You choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Make up in your mind. Quit trying to straddle Defense. You can't serve no two masters. You can't serve manna and, and, and God. You make up your mind. Who are you going to serve? Forsaken all. I know many of you have experienced the same thing that I have experienced, amen, when I came to the Lord. I thought I had friends. But when I, amen, my life turned from the world and my life turned to Jesus, my friend turned from me. Well, at least I thought they was my friend. And I know many of you have experience with that. But you have to forsake all. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsake not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. The Lord is letting us know, amen, if you can't forsake all, don't care who it is, brother, sister, mother, father, amen, boyfriend, girlfriend, if you can't forsake all, you cannot be my disciple. The love of things. The scripture are clear as to whether we should direct our love towards God and not towards the things of this world. Love not the world. Don't be a fashion of the world, Christian. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. 
Because the word of God says, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You can't love the world and love God too. For all things is in the world is the lust of the flesh, uh, lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. First John two fifteen and sixteen. You got to love the Lord first, and if you love the Lord uh, first, Amen. You you you'll find yourself, Amen, separating yourself from the world. The world will not be your most uh, gratitude in life, amen. Jesus Christ will be your most grateful thing in life. You'll come up praising the Lord, amen. When you love the Lord, amen, you'll stay away from a lot of the things in the world because that is not of Jesus Christ. Too often in the course of life, things keep us from following the Lord. If we allow them, things that keep you from following the Lord, if you allow them, if you let, you let until you be taken away. Don't let things take you away from truth. Don't let things take you away from the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus asked Peter a point question in an attempt to reveal just where Peter affection lied. St. John 21, 15 and 17. It says, so when they had denied, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than thee? And he said unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, feed my lamb. He said unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? Peter will grieve because he says unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he Says unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. You know us. You know all things, Lord. You know all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus says unto him, Feed my sheep. Each person must determine for himself that he will not allow anything to separate him from walking with the Lord and surrender totally to his will. Don't let nothing separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. Don't let nothing with into part with it all. There was a certain young ruler came to Jesus and asked him, uh, good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? In St. Luke chapter 18, 18 through 23, Jesus initially responded respond, could have been directly to anyone in the crowd. He said, why callest thou me good? None is good save one, that is God. Thou knowest 
the commandments. Dost thou commit adultery? Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thy character of disappearance influence men. Apparently to be above reproach. He claimed all of these have I kept from my youth. The ruler did not recognize the cross he had been carrying was too lightweight and easy to bear because the master had not yet added what the man needed to make his life sufficiently. The words of Jesus, it cut to the core of the issue when he said unto him, you like it. Thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven, and come and follow me. Luke 18 and 20. This young ruler was rich, very popular in his day and time, and had all that he thought he needed, but he wanted eternal life. But the Lord said, There is just one thing that you like. And in many of our lives today, it ain't but one thing that you like. The Lord told this rich young woman, sell what you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. But he didn't tell him, amen. He said, amen, if you do this, you won't lose what you have, amen, but you'll have treasures in heaven. The rule of self-confidence, it drained away as he looked at Jesus in uh, stumbling silence his cross had suddenly become too heavy. Aren't we like that, amen? Once we find out, amen, Jesus adds something a little bit more to us, amen. You say, I can't bear that. It's too heavy. This is too much about me. I'm just a human being trying to live like everybody else. His cross had suddenly became too heavy. He thought he could not bear its weight even for one day, much much less every day after that. Perhaps he reasoned, I thought this master was good. But now I am not sure. He must have known I had always enjoyed a life Of ease. And he is determined to lower me to his own level of poverty. But I can't. I won't. I won't do it. Cannot you hear the people's amen today? Some want to follow Jesus, but they say, I can't give this up. I can't I just can't do it. I'm living too good. I'm too important. My name is on the billboard. I'm, I'm all over the television. I can't do it. The ruler could not imagine volunteering, uh, giving away everything he had worked so hard for and live the life of uh, illiterate 
it is evidence that this world good mean more to him than eternal life. Look at how you can get tied up in this world good. It can mean more to you than eternal life. You're just not going to give it up, no matter who tells you. How many people praying for you? You ain't going to give it up. He broke the contrast with the master, piercing, gazing, and went away sorrowful. He left eternal life. When you turn your back on Jesus, you're leaving eternal life. You're leaving all. When you turn your back on Jesus, there is no other place you can go to get salvation because, amen, there is only salvation is in Jesus Christ. The Lord is first. Moses descended from Mount Sinai with the covenant commandments for Israel. The foundation commandment was, Thou shalt love no other, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Exodus chapter 20 and 3. The prophet Elijah kept this covenant and served Jehovah, even though Ahab and Jezebel had influenced Israel to forsake their true and living God to serve and worship Baal. First King 18, 17, 39. In a crucial confrontation between Elijah and 400 prophets of Baal, Elijah simply prayed, caused fire to fall from the heavens and consumed the sacrifice and the altar and the water. The observant crowd of the Israelites fell on their face and cried, The Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is God. First King 18 and 39. Today we must determine that there will be no other God in our lives. If you got another God besides Jesus Christ, you better get rid of him. Thou shalt have no other God before me. No graven image or no likeness or any such thing. Get rid of those things. Only worship one God. Oh, praise the Lord. There is one Lord. There is one faith. And there is one baptism. Read the word of God. Second Chronicles 16 and 14 declare, There is no God like thee in the heaven, nor in the earth, which keepest the covenant, and show mercy unto thy servant, that walketh before thee with all of thine heart. It is hard to understand why any word would trade a genuine relationship with the Lord and the opportunity to spend eternity with him for the forsaken, that is a second best. Why would you want to take a chance for a second best and you got the very best before you? Hallelujah. The biblical example is Didymus, who chose second best. Initially, Paul counted Didymus among 
his fellow labor and fill them off. See also Colossians 4 and 14. Apparently, Didymus remained in relationship with Paul and with the Lord until toward the end of Paul's life. And he was Lord of the world because too great of it was too great for this man to resist. The world was too great for Didymus to, uh, to exist. And listen, I know, amen, there are young people out there. You love the Lord. You want to love him, but you don't want to give up the things, amen, you've been blessed with in this world. And it's too great for you to exist. So what you do? You put Jesus on the back burner. But what have you opened yourself up for? More demon knowledge, power to come in your life? What would it gain a man to profit the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what would he have in exchange for it? Paul sadly responded and said, Didymus has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Second Timothy 4 and 10. The second best. Have no place in our life for a child of God. The psalmist, uh, the psalmist proclaimed, I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all of my heart, and I will glorify thy name forever. Psalms 86 and 12, Jesus instructed us, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thine heart and with all of thine soul and with all of thine mind, Matthew 22 and 37. And if you love the Lord like that today, people think, amen, that there is something spiritually wrong with you because you give admonition and glory to the Lord because you open your mouth and, amen, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. People think that there are not people, Christian folks, think that there is something wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. You're just honoring and magnifying your Lord to be who he really is. He's worthy of his praise. Continue in, continue in his words. Then says Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my words, then ye may, then you are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John eight thirty one and 32. If you continue in my word, you got to continue in the words of Jesus in order to be his disciple. You can't, amen. Believe, amen, Jesus' word, and all these other, amen, philosophy, amen, and all these other gospels that is supposed to be out there. You can't do that. You've got to continue in the word of God. The word of God is it, it, inspiration. It, it inspires. Paul declared to Timothy, Timothy, that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is possible for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. For instruction in righteousness. Second Timothy three and sixteen. Hebrew four 
and 12 proclaim. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divine asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joint and marrow. And is a discerning of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts you from left to right. We believe that prophets came not in olden times by the will of man, but holy men of God. Speak as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Second Peter 1 and 21. Unlike the word of man that can and will change, the word of God is holy, inspired and immutable, the word of God, living and abides forever. The word is true from the beginning and Every one of the righteous judgment endures forever. Psalm 119 to 160. It is important to believe that the word of God is without an error. God's word is, don't have no error. Without total confidence in the written word of God, one would question its authenticity and would become confused. Believing that the word of God is true allows us to place our total, complete trust in the plans of salvation and the promise of God. Our confidence is in the word of the Lord, in genuine faith, that the Lord is able to complete the work he has started in our life, being confident of this very thing, says he which begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1 and 16. God bless you, this is Dr. Moore coming to you tonight. If you are my disciple, you love one another. Into the hands of my Wow, that was powerful coming from Dr. Bishop Asamoah. All I can say is wow, 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 wow. That was awesome. Take heed to this message because that was truly, truly, truly an amazing word from the Lord that God just gave to him. So please take heed. We love you. Good night and God bless everybody. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.